I get to the hotel the next day and I see like all these people, all the reporters and journalists that are there in their garb, whatever, they're dressed to impress. They got their little, you know, index cards with their questions. And I'm looking in the room at Will and them and I'm like, oh, there's a camera here. <laughs> She's like, oh, I got to be on oh, camera. I oh didn't my know this. God, I did not know this at all. Okay. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to calm myself down. I'm going to take a, a breath of fresh air outside. It's going to be fine. I take this walk. I get completely lost. And I'm just over here having a panic attack on the side of the street in New York. Nicole, founder of exonicole.com. This is Amber Woods, a co-host. This is Sheridan Chanel, another co-host. And you're you're listening to (laughs) Exo Nicole's Happy Hour Podcast. Today, we are talking about a very serious and important topic, mental health and wellness in the workplace. It's very timely because I've been going through the motions over the last week. I went from like, I, th- I think we had like a talk last Friday and I remember saying, I'm not, I mean, I haven't had anxiety in a long time. I haven't been depressed in a long time. And I didn't realize like, wow, I was saying that like a minute later, I had like a mini anxiety attack. Like but I, I went through a brain freeze and then I think I emailed Till the next day and was like, I need a whole week off. I might not even record a podcast next Friday. They can, Amber and <laughs> Sherry can do it. And then I deactivated my social media account. I mean, I went through the motions within like a, a 36 hour period. And then I realized like it was more so, it wasn't anxiety or panic attack. It was just, I was burned out from work, like burned like a match. And so I just think it's important to have this conversation as, you know, a lot of people are just dealing with all types of work stresses and things like that. So this podcast episode is actually inspired by a really popular post on the excellentnicole.com site. The post was called, I took a two month leave from work for my mental health. And it was written by Ayana Robertson. And in the story, it's a personal story where Ayana detailed her experience with depression and navigating that throughout her life and how ultimately the straw that broke the camel's back was her time spent at BT Digital where she realized, hmm, I'm not really taking care of myself the way that I need to and it's really affecting my mental health. And even when she realized it though, she didn't take a break until she was forced to take a break, forced to take a disability leave. And that's what inspired the two-month leave from from work. How was she forced to take a break? I missed that part. Her her job told her to. Yeah. Oh, so somebody also, recognized. someone at the job. Someone yeah. recognized. Yeah, they were like, because she said that she was calling in sometimes talking about how she was crying so much she couldn't get any work done. Like she would take days off because she was just crying, like mm-hmm. crying, crying. Or she would take... It would just be so hard to get out of the bed in the morning. It was just really impacting her ability to do work. So they were like, you need to take a disability leave. And she was having a hard time coming to terms with that. But then she realized, you know what? I did need this. And it took her doing that and going into therapy and pouring back into herself to realize, you know, a lot of 
what I've been going through has been because I've affiliated, well, I've just regarded achievement mm-hmm. so much. So um, over overworking, high achieving, high functioning, overworking, basically. Yes. Yeah, yes. got it. Because that's how she felt good about herself. It's like, I have to see it. I have to see the good marks. I have to see the good grades. I have to see, oh, I achieved this, I achieved that. And that's kind of how she defined her worth and her value. So it took that defining moment to realize, okay, I need to do more. I need to do this differently. I have a few questions. Does she live in New York? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, she probably does. She's an entertainment director at BET. She's probably... No more. Well, no. so give us the update for that. Oh, yeah. I spoke with her recently because I was like, girl, come come right for the site, girl. What's up? But her <laughs> prices were a little too high. So, um, <laughs> But that's okay. That's okay. We can't afford you. Don't change your prices. No, not at all. She said that uh, she ended up taking... Well, she ended up quitting at BET Digital because mm-hmm. ultimately it just wasn't in alignment with what she was trying to do with herself now as far as taking care of herself. They weren't prioritizing her mental health in the way that she felt they needed to. So, And she quit how long after she went back? Maybe a month or two. Okay. So I want to make a point because she, I, I do think if you've never lived in New York, you're very out of touch with what it's like to work for a media company in the hardest, one of the hardest cities to, to live in in America. Like when you, we watched I Want to Work for Diddy and he had them run into Brooklyn for cheesecake. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> that's real tough. And I know that's that was for TV, but that's like real. And and I say this because like I feel like I, I sometimes I hire in, try to hire interns or or people and they like they don't want to do anything and I'm like do you know if you work for a media company in New York City that you'd be running all over you'd be running 80 blocks to get coffee for the whole office Mm -hmm. and then when you get back it's cold so you gotta go back out there again so come back in an Uber because you took too long right so I say this because she she worked for a media company which is already 24 7 news entertainment (laughs) never shuts off it wasn't lifestyle it was entertainment and in the hardest city in America. And I feel like when you're in an environment like that, most people want entertainment jobs because they glamorize it. So you got all these people coming up that want your position. So you feel like you got to hustle harder than the whole office. And that creates that never shutting off, working till after midnight, one o'clock in the morning, rolling over at five and getting on your phone, starting work (laughs) before you've even taken a a shower (laughs) or eating breakfast. And it's this cycle that drives you crazy. So I totally, I wanted to bring that up because I don't want uh, people to hear Hey, BET over there, like working people to the, like, and the, and now they're, you know, taking this time off or they have to, like, that is what it's like to work for a media company. I mean, uh, even working at the local news level, I have a close family, a close family member of mine who worked at the local news back home. And she was like, we have to be up all the mm-hmm, time. We yeah, are on yep. call all the time. News is always happening. And when she got pregnant, she quit. She's yep. like, I'm not doing this. This is not the kind of mom that I want to be. Several other industries are like that. Working at the hospital. Y'all, look, <laughs> look, 24, call is call. Um, But the hospital is 24 hours. It is open 24 hours. It is open every holiday. I don't care if the apocalypse is happening. We are at the hospital. It snowed here in Atlanta. The whole city shut down. They sent the National Guard to come pick us up to bring us to the hospital because the hospital had to stay open. It got. It has to stay open. Where, we, where, where are people going to go? They get an accident and I mean anything can happen yeah 
I think it's important to note, though, as black women, I think a lot of us feel like we have to have that work twice as hard mentality in mm-hmm. general. And I think that leads Absolutely. to overwhelm and that leads to anxiety and that leads to mental health and burnout issues and all that. And I also think it sucks when, because I think you mentioned it before to me in a conversation, Nicole, but you were talking about how Gabrielle Union said that her dad never told her that she was pretty, but always like complimented her. Achievement. What she was doing. Yeah. yeah they so don't- I feel like that's how we kind of define our worth for a while mm-hmm. yeah so what gabrielle union said is that when you're growing up in black households they they don't tell black young black girls they're pretty enough they might compliment them for or praise them for like straight a's mm-hmm. sports mm-hmm. their achievements but it's 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 never an ongoing thing of their beauty you know And we were just talking about this too. Like black women function very high Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. And even in relationships, Mm -hmm. you're functioning really, really high. And so then you think your partner may start putting more on you. Yeah. And you've already got your plate full. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, you're burned out. And then, you know, your relationship might be running into some issues or not, whatever the situation may be. Mm -hmm. But once you start functioning really high like that, People always want you to function that way. And the moment that you don't, the moment that you want to take a break, oh my God, I can't believe and all these, they'll guilt you back into that space because you've now taken up the workload Mm. that they don't want to do anymore. That happened to me for sure at work. I was taking up the workload for a team of like, 10 people um, and they were getting things from me that I would or they were getting things and benefits from the job that I was not allowed to have the moment I asked for something it's like the world came crashing down so um, going into my field I tried to step I know me I love to I do love work and when I really love it I really 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 love it Um, so I tried to step my way slowly into it but once I got into it it's like it was no turning back for me yeah, and I'd say to people, like, when you're about to get into a field, just just know what your limits are, because it's, it's yeah, it could, I feel like I, I was the high functioning, you know, just doing everything, and then now I'm at a place, and I think it makes me look crazy, because every time somebody come to me with something to do, I'll be like, I'm burned out. Like, I, <laughs> that's re- my response to every single... <laughs> I think that's okay. It's a form of no. It's a form of no. And it's boundaries. No is a complete sentence. Like every time someone has asked me to do something this week, I'm burned out. I'm burned out. I'm burned out. I need a vacation. I'm burned out. Like yes, to this vacation, Nicole. (laughs) Yes. You know, I've been trying to get this for you for three years. But you have to to so for context, guys, like this was my breakout year as a businesswoman. And girl, did you break out, sis? You (laughs) broke out, sis. This is the I mean, you know, I ran a a site for seven years, but the things I've been able before hopping into Exo Nicole, I'm now I'm going on my eleventh year in this media game that's that was a humble brag that was a brag it wasn't even a humble brag brag <laughs> that's something else black women don't do enough brag I, I, I brag. Have to because like sometimes I have to wake up and be like girl you're still here here yeah. it's, it's people mm-hmm. you came up with and you don't even know where they are mm-hmm. right now so mm-hmm. it's a very hard industry and people when you're coming up especially as a black woman they will always like as you as I was rising it was always a story about she must be sleeping with this person, that person. Oh yeah, to get, you to know that it's always something. Always. It's always something. And so for me, with all the rumors about whoever I was sleeping with to get to the top or whatever, it's like 
if I was doing all that, I would have been blackballed by now. Mm-hmm. Nobody would be fooling with me. You know, this year, mm-hmm. I, you know, we launched three events. We launched about five to six video series and we launched a podcast and we we're about to hey, venture hey. out into Ow. video with that podcast. But that took a lot of sacrifice in terms of no personal life. And I think that contributes a lot to our uh, mental health as well because if you're not having balance if you're not hanging out with your friends you're not having sex on the weekends yes girl (laughs) I mean I was releasing my endorphins in the gym but but, okay endorphins is different from oxytocin that's so pleasure but like let's not let's not let's not poop on the gym let's not poop on the gym because when I look when I was going through my phases the gym I was in there busting them weights you know what I'm saying it was getting me through a man to do that though y'all can I, get a I vibe I'm not, what, y'all can catch a real I mean, quick I'm not vibe. saying I didn't catch a vibe but sometimes that gets all sis I mean it does girl I like my self care alone time I might have wore myself out but <laughs> <laughs> back but to yeah. mental health so I, I say this to say like and even now like recently just um, with us launching this podcast I started Eating out again, fooling with y'all because I was meal pro- <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry that we wanted to introduce you to amazing <laughs> we went to cuisine. I'm so sorry. So, I will What's say up? this: uh, the way I've kept in, kept my sanity over the years is I had a real game tight morning routine. I would wake up, open my blinds, fix my bed, drink water, uh, drink at least a liter of water eat my breakfast, go to the gym. I mean, there's a whole list, put on aromatherapy, got my music going. Like I got a whole list of things that come before plugging in the email, answering phones, doing my work. And that kept me grounded and it kept me sane. Now I'm waking up and I'm rolling over and I'm looking at my phone. Then I'm jumping on my computer and I'm starting to send out emails. I'm eating out again. And a lot. <laughs> I'm starting to eat out a lot. Uh, my podcast host introduced me back to that. And I noticed that, and now I've, I've gone from eating about four to five times a day to about one time. And oh, okay. And so mm-hmm. now, I mean, I think that has contributed to my anxiety. Oh, you're and falling just out not, of alignment I'm a little out, bit. I'm way out of alignment mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And so that morning routine and just and just having something consistent like that and eating in a certain type of way helps a lot to manage, you know, anxiety, depression, and all those other things. Well, that reinforces the thought processes of people who are CEOs or those type of things, founders, and having routines that yeah. keep them sane, keep them grounded, mm-hmm. keep them focused on different things and moving through the day, moving through time efficiently so that you can feel like you've accomplished things without it being like, oh my God, I didn't get this done, I didn't get that done. So that echoes that that thought process and it makes complete sense to me and I feel like you set the tone like as a CEO like you set the tone (laughs) like you are what is going to be the marker of how we we should move through our days in this company company culture so y'all gonna start meal prepping and bringing your meals I'm to not doing I mean, all that but I'm I'll, do do, I'll get in a routine I like the morning routine I'll get in a routine a like mm-hmm. no rolling yeah, over I mean, I did, and looking I did. at gmail <laughs> I definitely got you I feel like I got you on a D&D yes um, you did do not disturb I was, so no, I, was no, a, no. I was a do not disturb queen and then someone uh, higher up called me I think I randomly mentioned I was on Do Not Disturb because I thought they were someone else. And Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, you run a whole empire on Do Not Disturb? And... (laughs) Well, okay, but see, now they're shaming. I can, I can, right. That's a little bit of shaming. I can turn your call when I see your notification. Judge. No, you, like, you, you, you got to 
to stand in your ground, right. especially on that. Because right. you you have to set boundaries even with the higher ups too. Yeah. So that they can kind of understand like who you are and how you work. Exactly. Because if you don't, they will yeah. run right yeah. over they you will. if you do not set boundaries. And then let me like for my do not disturb, I just let it kick in at around ten. And then I uh, I have it set to automatically come off around nine thirty, ten. That Mine gives is me set time. all day. Mine yeah. is set all day too, girl. It's set right now. It's set right now. <laughs> Cause I just I don't I can't I can't look at my phone every time it yeah like, and I, it's it's, it's crazy because sometimes just the phone I had to put a like this guy was like you're the only one I know that got a ringtone like it was you know oh mine's on silent you know why, or vibrate but you know why I got a ringtone because that that alert on the iPhone that that sound used to give me anxiety the moment it would go off. I would think something's happening, something, you know. Yeah. And so I had to switch it over to a song, like mm-hmm. Brian McKnight, the love of, you're the love oh, of my life or that's something. that's why you something, have, right? okay, nice. That's why you got hot, hot boys. boys. Now I got hot <laughs> boys, but you know, I'm, I'm in my ratchet stage. I'll go back to Brian McKnight in a minute, but. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little ratchetness. Nothing wrong. Well, that's why I am so glad that we're having this conversation on mental health, wellness in the workplace. And today we have a special guest to join us because we're not experts, so we brought in an expert. Our guest today is Dr. Ayanna Abrams. She is a licensed clinical psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and the founder of a private practice, Ascension Behavioral Health, LLC. She's also the co-founder of a mental health platform, Not So Strong, focused on the use of vulnerable and authentic storytelling to improve mental health and support for black women. We are so excited to have her join us and share her expertise on mental health and navigate us through this conversation of anxiety in the workplace. So let's get right into it. Hey. We have Dr. Abrams with us. Pull up to the bar. Yes. So today we're talking about anxiety in the workplace. I personally have a lot to share about this, but I want to kind of take a moment for each one of you guys to also share your story with it. So, Nicole, let's start with you. Like, what has mental health in the workplace been like for you, especially as a business owner? And also, Dr. Abrams, just jump right into while we're talking. We definitely want to hear from you as well. But go ahead, Nicole, tell us your story. I think in particular, well, first of all, I think I'm lucky to not have to go in a workplace and work with just coworkers that I don't like like that. Cause I think that causes a lot of people's anxiety, <laughs> but my anxiety came from, of course, first having my business acquired. This is my baby. It's something I started with my bread and butter, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, you know, kind of selling my brand off to someone else. And that happened in 2017. And the first year of my acquisition, my site was acquired by Will Packer media in case you guys, have not listened to other episodes. And my first year after the acquisition, like nothing really happened. (laughs) Like we didn't really do much. Like there wasn't growth in the site. We didn't do any events. There weren't really any real new video content. And so by the second year, I was like, I got to do something. You know, I got to show that this brand can be profitable. I'm going to have to launch events. I'm going to have to launch a video series. I'm going to have to launch a podcast. That's what we're doing right now. (laughs) And all just all of that just was like so stressful. And I just had this tremendous 
pressure to perform. And I think every time someone from Will's office would call me, I would think it was something wrong. Like that's me uh, harboring my (laughs) anxiety. And so it would cause even more anxiety. And I felt like my anxiety was pouring over into the people that worked with me, whether it was Sheridan, who's the managing editor, the social media manager. (laughs) And I remember I had just hired an assistant. This was like just in April. It was right before an event. And I went upstairs and I went on psychology today and I looked up therapists. I found a black woman (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like, I called her and she answered and she's like, what's going on? I just started crying. And I was like, look, I am, you know, I'm a woman. I own a business. I have young black women working for me and I'm unraveling and I don't want them to see me like this. I need someone to talk to ASAP. And she just happened to be right around the corner. Like I could have walked to her office <laughs> right right by Lennox. And uh, yeah, I went in and I felt a little better. And I, I realized that I had to do things like get my dog back, something living in my place. That helped a lot. I had to uh, get a live plant or something, you know, like I needed some more living things in my place. It, it sounds simple. It wasn't work related, but they helped. I got back on my fitness and that helped manage the anxiety a little bit more. Um, and listening to motivational uh, speeches while on the treadmill. So I, I think for me, what helped was just finding things outside of work to manage it because I couldn't, I couldn't control the work environment. I couldn't stop working. I had to push through it. So like Dr. Abrams, like, what is that? It's like finding a routine, a way to kind of counterbalance the effects of like anxiety or? Absolutely. I think finding a routine, if you can find one within the workspace and within the workplace um, can be really helpful as well as finding buffers outside of the workplace um, can be helpful, right? Kind of changing things in terms of how you start your day before you're going into work, um, taking a break between work and kind of when you get home, those things can really help on the bookends um, of your work day, um, depending on kind of what your stress is for that eight hours, 12 hours, depending on if you're in healthcare. Um, Some of those things can be really helpful just to find out what are some things that I can get some control over? Because oftentimes workplace stress is about not feeling in control and things are just adding, adding, adding up um, that you don't have the resources to really kind of take care of everything the way that you want to take care of it. Especially when you're not taking breaks. I think another root of my problem was it was just work Mm -hmm. for me. It wasn't like I was dating at the time. It wasn't like I was going out with friends on Fridays and (laughs) having a wine to unwind. It was like straight work because I wanted to, uh, you know, I was just trying to get these things off the ground. So I think if I had a little bit more balance, Mm -hmm. I think that would have balanced out the anxiety as well. So Sheridan, how are you feeling and dealing with workplace (laughs) stuff? Woo. Um, so I feel like anxiety is just someone that or something that I just have to become friends with. I think it's just going to be a mainstay in my life. I'm fine with that. I've made peace with the fact that I'm probably going to experience experience anxiety in one form or another on a daily basis, especially because of how my personality is. I'm a little bit more introverted. Um, people really drain me. Energies, it's different energies and stuff drain me. People making their emergency my emergency mm, drains come me. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, so I just kind of have to make peace with the fact that, you know, anxiety is just kind of going to be here. But there are ways to kind of manage it. In 2019, well, this year, I'd made it a point to be more purposeful in creating boundaries and just saying, no, because, no. <laughs> because 
I realized like I was I just couldn't survive like that like just being the people pleaser like been over backwards so I got this like oh teamwork and work itself is just way more important than Sheridan and her sanity and her mental health and so I was like guess who's going to become friends with this do not disturb button though <laughs> you know guess who's going to have some work hours some office hours that she's going to establish so there are times in the day that I'm not going to be in my inbox like if I'm doing a task I'm not in my inbox. I'll check my emails and I'll get to you when I check them, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm not going to always be on. I'm not going to be a slave to my phone, my notifications, my inbox, none of those things. And if I'm doing something, like if I'm spending time away, if I'm, I'm taking a Sunday to myself for self-care, I don't have to feel guilty about that because that makes me the best person, the best employee that I can possibly be. And a good leader too, because I don't have to, that stress and that anxiety that I feel doesn't have to bleed into the people that work underneath me. So that's, that's been my experience with that. <laughs> I had a really anxious moment in New York city. What was oh that? In 2018? Was that last year? <laughs> yes. Oh, please share. I had a full on panic attack. I was taking on entirely too many things and I was trying to like save the brand a little bit of coins. I didn't know that this was a, a press junket in a, <laughs> in a group interview where it's two completely different things. So I went to New York like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I'm gonna watch this movie. I'm gonna do this press. You know, I'm not gonna have to pay a writer to do this. It's fine. It's cool. I'm, work- I'm watching the budget. Okay, cool. I get to the hotel the next day and I see like all these people, all the reporters and journalists that are there in their garb, whatever, they're dressed to impress. They got their little, you know, index cards with their questions. And I'm looking in the room at Will and them and I'm like, oh, there's a camera here. <laughs> She's like, oh, I got to be on oh, camera. I oh didn't my know this. God, I did not know this at all. Okay. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to calm myself down. I'm going to take a, a breath of fresh air outside. It's going to be fine. I take this walk. I get completely lost. And I'm just over here having a panic attack on the side of the street in New York. And Cole's calling me, Sheridan, what, what happened? <laughs> because <laughs> I'm calling her because people are over me as yeah. calling me. <laughs> so I had, you know, it, it was a tricky situation for her yeah. because this is it was a will film mm-hmm. and and he was expecting her to come in and interview him mm-hmm. as in all the and and so for them, like X on Nicole, you know, that's his brand. Mm-hmm. X on Nicole was supposed to come in and interview Will. And, and who else was what? what uh, was it night school? Yeah, it was night school. So it might have been Will <laughs> and Kevin Hart. I think it was Kevin. And oh, she, my. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, of course. My. This is this is why <laughs> she's having okay. an anxiety attack, yeah. because she didn't know that she was supposed to show up. And oh, girl, I would have had room. one, too. <laughs> in a corner rocking and pulling like, out one strand of hair at a time didn't have what I was doing right. <laughs> so I'm getting calls because again now Will's wondering why isn't X on Nicole showing up you know and this is making me look oh, bad man. And yeah. have, I and felt they, so terrible yeah, and they I was hyperventilating yeah. and they had flew her out too yeah. so they had paid for her flight her hotel so yep. it's so many levels to mm, yeah. why yeah. that anxiety like <laughs> I was like, Lord, please let me have a job. And I think, I think the thing is, too, I think during the time I was getting calls, my response wasn't one that was like, 
a sense of urgency. Like it oh wasn't. God. Like it wasn't like oh my god, let me call. Sh-. Like I think I was just like even when like I called, you just Sheridan, asked me like I was what's like wrong? hey, what's, what's going on? Yeah, and I think me being so calm mm-hmm. might upset others. Like oh, I'm not taking it serious mm, or I'm not acting as it's an emergency but I've learned how to manage those type of things like even when I kept getting a call I was like okay let me get in the headspace because there's some type of news I'm gonna have to process so before I even answer the phone I'm not gonna answer I'm gonna call you back after just five minutes of getting my head together together because I know it's something going on and I don't know what it is So, so several quick things in there. One, uh, Dr. Abrams setting up boundaries. And then two, what do you do when you have a breakdown at work? Yes, please tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what you did is what you could do is do something where you can get some sense of control, which is stepping away from the stimulus. Right? You walk into this room and you saw the pressure. Right. So you stepped out and, and said, and, you know what? I can't do this right. right now that it might feel worse to actually engage than to disengage. So you did the thing to just try to get your head together. And that can be hard when you might get a phone call where it's like, okay, well, now somebody's looking for me and I'm trying to kind of get it together out here. Uh, but now you're experiencing all this kind of physiological stuff, right? And you're outside. And that's scary. I don't know if any of you in have ever had a In the streets of New York, yes. it's terrifying. So like, outside in the yes. streets, yeah. everyone was ignoring me. I'm like, terrifying. Do I see this all the time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> terrifying. I mean, I have definitely woke up and like, I felt like someone sitting yeah. on my chest. Like, I could not get out of the bed. I thought I was having a heart attack. I was like, oh my God, it is this is the beginning of cancer. It is such a painful experience. It's such a painful experience. And then to be by yourself in that experience, mm. right? So in, And in a tough city. And trying to calm yourself city. down when yes. your, your body is already, your cortisol, all that stuff mm-hmm. is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be really, really hard to do. So I don't know how long that took you. Oftentimes, panic attacks don't last more than a few minutes. It feels like hours when it's happening. <laughs> really having to kind of just give it time and regulate your breathing is the best thing to do. But if you already don't have a practice in that, it's really hard to practice it in the moment, right, of it happening. So, so what's the ways to practice? Because I've never, okay, wait, now we I mean, okay, hold on. That's something new. Practice. How are we practicing? What are we What are we doing? So Just breathing, practice. counting, something to slow your body down. Because okay. when you're having a panic attack, that's more physiological than anything. And what happens is that when your body starts responding, then your brain starts responding to your body. Mm-hmm. It's basically saying like, oh shit, something's going on. So we're talking like fight or flight. So, right. And yeah. then it's just this kind of call and response between your body and your psyche and your brain and all that stuff. So what's really, really helpful is to be able to interrupt that and slow things down the best way that you can. Right. So for some people, it's mindfulness exercises breathing that's why in the media you'll see like a the paper bag and you're kind of just breathing mm-hmm. to kind of get just just some mm-hmm. oxygen to your brain because everything right is going haywire for you um so slowing yourself down by either kind of focusing on your breaths starting to count something um what's a really good exercise is looking around your environment and trying to just kind of place your eyes on one thing right so there's an exercise called five four three two one five things you can see four things you can hear three things you can smell like kind of going oh, down the line okay yeah. i've heard of, kind of this. Like yeah that. it's a really really good and helpful grounding yeah panic and high high anxiety you want to focus on grounding because sometimes if you're hyperventilating it literally feels like you are not on the ground anymore mm. so you're looking for something that kind of puts you back into reality mm-hmm. um, if you have some type of support system so maybe somebody calling can be helpful yeah, Nicole nice. helps to you depending yeah. on who it is yeah. <laughs> some people might you know up the panic some people might help you just like okay this is where i am i've got somebody to talk to right so that can be really helpful just to kind of intervene and kind of interrupt the panic Mm -hmm. but it is something that you have to give your body time to move through because if you try to stop panicking you're going to panic more you have to kind of let the panic happen and it will stop 
Yeah, and I, I'm, I, I don't know what they think of my management style. <laughs> you know, I might think I have a laid back management style, but I'm not the type to call someone and just be like. I never have that sense of urgency and maybe mm. I should have more of that, but I think I was more of, Hey, what's going what's on? Yeah, like, you were. What's happening? So be more curious versus right. don't be like that. Stop panicking. Come right. back. Or All that stuff is just straight calling her and saying, what the F were you thinking? Right. You know, like mm-hmm. because there are bosses that are like that. I was try- just trying to figure out, I knew it had to be like, I know Sher- Sheridan has worked with me long enough. I you I knew something was wrong. So I was just like something's wrong. Trying to figure yeah. it all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, obviously coming from a healthcare background, um, like my last year was so tumultuous. Like it was just so much. They were piling work on top of me. And my normal, like, I function like really high. So I will take on all kinds of things to get that job done. And they were just piling it on, piling. I was a workhorse, basically. And then there started to be people on my team. And we worked on a skeleton crew. There started to be people on my team that was slack. Because they're like, oh, Amber got it. What's the skeleton yeah, crew? So the skeleton crew is basically, we had 13 people. If if one person was gone, like on vacation or something like that, then we started having to scramble. Because they wouldn't fly anyone in to help us. That type of stuff. Because the whole company was stressed. Because we had we went through a merger so people were leaving at a very rapid rate we have high turnover in um healthcare as well so i was taking on a lot of work to get the job done because i didn't want to lose contracts contracts being lost means guess what i ain't gonna get paid yep. um and and then the company's going under and now i got to go find a job or whatever so i'm like taking it at a personal charge to carry the company on my back so then other people on my team started to slack because they're like oh amber got it So also I started traveling and I started to care a lot about that. So I was taking my full advantage of my vacation, full advantage, but still meeting my numbers. And when I thought about it, I was like, I'm here half the time and I'm still doing double the work that everyone else is doing in that period of time. What in the world? You know what I mean? I'm still hitting. I'm like top three in my region every single quarter. How is that possible? So there was that. The the biggest thing that happened to me, and this was the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever, I went in to do a a surgery, a carotid endorectomy, and I'm not even going to get into the terms of that, but it's very, (laughs) it's like, it's super sensitive, it's time sensitive, it means, you know, somebody's quality of life could change in like two seconds, So I love those because they're short, they're quick, everyone's on their job, everyone's flowing, we're all on it, like whatever. This time I'm working with a new team. I had just got back from vacation too, so I was tired. And I told my boss this. And I was working with a new doc I have never worked with before. And I didn't know his personality. And the girl who had been working with him didn't give me any information going in. So I think she did that on purpose. But um, so... I go into the surgery, I set up, I can already tell he's high anxiety. I'm like, oh God, this is about to touch me in all kinds of ways. So we go into the surgery. Long story short, this patient ended up waking up with their whole left side not moving. And I could not handle it. Like I had never, I've had patients, even kids come out with deficits, but that took me out. I was like, I can't. And it might have been because I was tired amongst other things. I was dealing with some other stuff at home, whatever. And so that on top of it, like I called my boss and I just freaked out. Like I've never in 10 years done that. So I went home. I called my mom. I called all my friends. I was like, y'all, please pray for this man, his family, like everything. I was just going through the things and I cried for three days. I did not go to work for like two or three days. I called my boss. I was like, do not call me for anything. I'm not coming in. He was super worried, but because he was out of touch, 
He didn't know how to console me. And I felt alone inside of my company. None of the docs came to talk to me. I had one girl who was in quality assurance who was a friend of mine. And she was the only one that was like, look, we have this happen all the time. Don't worry, I'll go over the record, whatever. And so when I talked to my mom finally about it, she was like, if you're gonna react like this, it's time to quit. You're done. We can't do this anymore. Because I couldn't even be a mother to my son. Yeah. So, and I didn't know what to do either because I was dealing with so many things. And like, I didn't even know, like, I needed to ask for a break. Like, I just, I didn't know. I was that so wasn't part frightened. of the culture. Yeah. Was not part so of the culture. you weren't that you could ask for a break. For a break for mental health. Because they are so go, 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 go all the time. So what do you do with like building boundaries with like a tougher managerial system? Like, do you come in like that? Or like, what, like, what are, what are we doing when we come into a job? Like, how do we handle those types of situations? It's something to pay attention to. So depending on the company or depending on the interview setting, it is something you can ask about just from the outset so you can kind of understand what is the, what's the culture here. But there are parts of the culture that companies aren't going to let you in on until you are there. Um, and companies in general are getting a little bit better in terms of respecting people's, ba- I always say kind of boundaries and breaks, right? That is how you kind of move through the workday. But you are going to have some companies that because they're not used to that and because the field in general is not a a field of kind of taking breaks, whether it's media, healthcare, that they can have a really, really harsh response. And that response can feel threatening to us, which is why we keep going and going and going, because this is our job, right? This is our money. This is our income. This is how we take care of ourselves. So it becomes this kind of codependent, right? Dynamic where, okay, well, I need money for this. So I need to kind of keep this job in this way. I need to keep them happy. So I need to keep doing this. And then it goes up and up and up. You said you were carrying your company for half the time I mean I really felt like I was one of the few people of color on the team Mm. few people of color in the field and I was a single mom so obviously work twice as hard to get internalized all these all these messages to say I have to do this I don't have any you know um, leeway or room that maybe other people might be afforded I think black women also hold that in a way and we didn't make that up that's not a random thing that kind of came out of nowhere and we're just oppressing (laughs) ourselves right right? that is something that we have been taught day in and day out that we have to do Mm -hmm. more and that we have to kind of fight against all these um, different stereotypes and stigmas but it gets us in trouble because then we don't believe that we can set boundaries and when you don't set boundaries and take breaks you actually don't get a sense of how well a company can be Mm -hmm. to you. We're usually really focused on how do I be good to this company? How do I take care of this company? And we're not really evaluating, can this company take care of me? Right. Right. This is kind of a give or take. I I did have a question because, uh, so this episode is kind of inspired by an article on Exxon Nicole by a young lady who took a two month leave Mm -hmm. of absence. And a lot of people don't know that you can take you can a do that. leave of absence from work. Can you tell us a little bit more about like what I think it's called FMLA, FMLA. Mm-hmm. and uh-huh. how to even qualify for that? And then how much do you get paid? Like what are the, uh, do you get paid when you're on that when leave of absence? Yeah. Um, so FMLA is Family Medical Leave Act and it is, it's typically um, up to 12 weeks. It can be longer depending on the exact field or company that you're in, but I believe it's typically 12 weeks um, that you're allowed to take off from work and that your job will be protected. So that's really what the, the law is about is that they can't give your job away. You do not lose your job during that time, but you also don't get paid during that okay. time. So when you take FMLA for up to those 12 weeks, it's usually so that you can take care of yourself in some way. So whether it is your personal health issues or whether it's anybody who's dependent on you, so household members, family, um, anything like that, you're allowed to kind of take just the, the time away to make sure that you're able to kind of take care of those things. So a lot of people don't know 
that you do have that federally. But typically at a company, I believe you need to be there at least a year. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it goes by hours, but you do at least need to be there for a significant amount of time to accrue FMLA. So, but to get, yeah, I do. But to get around (laughs) the not getting paid, can you tap into short term disability? You can. Okay. You can tap into short term disability. You can use your sick days. You can use whatever kind of vacation kind of off day. So, really being um, mindful of what any of that culture looks like for your company. Do I get, you know, a, a vacation day for every. 73 days that I work or something like that. Um, So knowing all those things from the outset and continuing to talk to your HR about what those benefits are is really important. And then you also get information about FMLA. So you can use FSO. It's up to 12 weeks. So there's a way in which you can take it out as a block of time. I've had a lot of clients kind of take it out just like, hey, two months out and I would do it from this date to this date and then I will have a kind of return to work plan is what we call it. But you can also use it intermittently. It doesn't have to be in the block of time. You can kind of take a week here, oh, you can break a it week down. there. You can break it down. Nice. Okay. Um, and you can't just, so the other thing about um, FMLA is that you can't just do it on your own. You have to have a medical provider sign off on it. So the tricky part about FMLA is that it usually requires a medical doctor to sign off on it. Um, so they're looking for a psychiatrist, a primary care physician, um, and they're now allowing psychologists, and I'm not a medical doctor, but um, they're now allowing doctors and other levels of therapists um, be able to kind of write off. I know I FMLA. definitely have friends in healthcare that have done this and mm-hmm. like they were telling me, they're like, yeah, girl, I'll take one once a year because I need that time. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can do that. They're like, yeah, it resets every yeah, year. I was like, sure. But it has to be verified. Has to be verified. So what people come up against is that they already don't have a treating provider and they want FMLA, but you have to have it signed off by a medical doctor. So you either need to get a doctor. You Ideally, black women, hey, have an existing primary care physician. Yes. Please go to the doctor. <laughs> okay. Go to the doctor. So having that relationship already makes it easier for you to get FMLA because now you are not just going and saying, hey, I need paperwork. Go and do this because a lot of doctors actually will say, hey, I need to be seeing you for a certain length of time so that you just not, you know, abusing paperwork privileges is what we call it. What's also recommended is, again, going and getting a therapist, going and getting a primary care physician um, because it won't be accepted um, without that. And then what's also sometimes required is that you are also engaging with that doctor or therapist while you are out. You don't just get to be out and then just come back and there's no verification so that you have So you still got to have sessions. You got to so, have I mean, a record. Like you have to be taken care of. That's the part of once every two, like- No, it's up to, it's the, it's something that you can collaborate with, um, with your provider. So sometimes I'll say like, hey, you know, I recommend leave for 30 days. I'll recommend leave for 45 days. It doesn't mean that the company also has to abide by that, but um, you can make this recommendation for six weeks, two weeks, whichever it is. Um, but usually the doctor will also need to write in or kind of verify okay, this person is okay now to return to work. Because if you're in crisis, we're more than likely not going to recommend that you go back to the workplace. So then we have to have a different conversation about that. What suggestions do you have for people in managerial positions to avoid will help prevent employees from experiencing burnout and anxiety. Mm, um, So for leadership, um, it's highly recommended that they listen to their employees. That's a huge kind of gap between employees and leadership is that employees oftentimes don't feel heard. They'll say things. They'll make recommendations. They'll do the suggestion box. All if the that things. ain't the truth. If you don't preach yeah. right now, Doctor Ayanna, all the things they say. <laughs> like, mm, you mm, have mm, to mm. listen to your employees <laughs> because they're the ones who are experiencing the work culture and the environment in this way. And leadership notoriously fails at actually just listening to people's narratives of what can be done better, what's not working, um, what's something that you've noticed that maybe leadership can't see because they they have the bird's eye view, but they're not kind of in the day to day of it. Um, so first, listening to your employees is really 
important, but also kind of reinforcing or creating time and space where employees can take care of themselves. So if you are allotted a break, that is by law that you get 30 minutes every eight hours give them their break and allow them to take their full break and allow them to take their break off site. I'm up here like, just 30? <laughs> Depending on the company. But 30? But whatever the break is, yeah. sometimes yeah. it is 30. Or sometimes yeah. it's a 15 and a 15. Yeah. 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 You better letting them take that <laughs> mm-hmm. break. Talk about right. that part-time Because life. again, it yep. is also by law, but a lot of companies really abuse that. They'll say like, you need to work through lunch or like push your lunch down. It's like, well, I don't get lunch now till three o'clock, but I leave at four. Oh, right. But I've been here since seven. Right? right. That is illegal. You cannot do that people have breaks and they are allotted see this breaks. is when i start negotiation i'll be like okay if i if i wait i'm gonna leave at three mm-hmm. i'm not leaving at four mm-hmm. so you gotta kind of take control of your space and advocate for yourself mm-hmm. in that way um so listening to your employees um, allowing them to have breaks creating space and time where you can have one-on-ones with them or kind of group conversations but even with that it means that leadership has to also be willing to take in feedback so a lot of ego gets in the way mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. i'm gonna mm-hmm. let you talk but i don't want to listen to what you have to say mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i think it should be done like this you have to look at your ego and say okay right because they are helping to make this company better and if you i can't dropping take that so in, many gems right now i don't even know what to do you tell i'm triggered uh, i'm triggered she's okay. triggered and she's been gone from her job for six months I have, i'm still look me and my therapist we still working yeah so that's okay. right. wow a lot of jobs actually do um traumatize right a lot of experience yeah, that, yes really PTSD. So let me talk okay. PTSD. i have ptsd this is why i don't i, I have a fear of even applying for jobs mm-hmm. right now i am so scared to go back into work and even I've had recruiters knocking my door down now that they know that I'm out and I'm I'm even thinking about the conversation makes me want to throw up like yeah. I'm wow. like I don't want to go back into that space again because you all don't let us have any sort of control mm-hmm. and until I get control of myself I can't have this conversation with you so that's what I'm experiencing it's similar to other relationships right Ooh. that hey if you don't allow me to kind of be who I need to be I now we I got go. a second <laughs> we got to think about this Abrams okay <laughs> I want all the listeners to turn this up so y'all can hear what she is saying. Okay, thank you. Okay, I have a question. So throughout the workday, before people, like when they're starting to recognize anxiety, what are like your top few things that you tell clients that they can do to reduce that tension during the day? Mm. Um, so as I said before, oh, actually, Sharon, you had mentioned something. You, you had mentioned something about accepting that you have anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I actually, I wanted to make a clear point that all of us experience anxiety. So anxiety is kind of, it's it's getting this kind of bad reputation as though like we've got to stay away from anxiety at all costs. But it really is a natural part of our mm-hmm. life. Anxiety is, uh, is a good sign that something is coming up that's important to us or something is affecting us in some way. So I'd have more concerns if any of you said like, I never experienced anxiety ever. Then I'd be like, you lying and you're numbing. Right. Something. I'm on an you're anxiety break this podcast should have gave me anxiety but i'm managing because i said i got my my daily routines Mm -hmm. and stuff so that helps manage those things really really happen and understanding that if you have anxiety at work it might be because something's important to you there's a Mm -hmm. presentation that's coming up and that is actually normal that's cortisol working your system Mm -hmm. saying like hey this is important um so let's kind of use this stress quote unquote for good um versus when it crosses a threshold and what i've noticed in work as we had talked about before that people don't tend to take enough breaks um and that break could be literally just sitting at your desk and not doing your emails having a time in which okay I will do emails from 9 to 9.30 and from 1 to 1.30 or something like that versus you're on your email all day and you're constantly looking at your phone or noticing the notification on your computer Um, so really setting some parameters around that and you can also let people know that hey I'm on email from 9 to 9.30 if you need something that's the best time 
to hit me up. If not, I can get back to you after one o'clock. So setting those kinds of boundaries also allows people to respond to you. Doesn't mean they'll always listen, but at least you have told them so they can't say they didn't know about that. I always recommend that when you have a break to literally, if you can, to literally get up and leave oh, yes, your child. area. Yeah. Yes. Go outside. Your okay. area. Take a whip of air. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of our positions are red, really um, sedentary. So you're mm-hmm. sitting down all day and you're holding all that stress. So getting up and moving your body, even if you can't step outside, stretching around your desk, um, doing a lot of just kind of mobile exercises by your desk can be really um, helpful. And that can be circling your ankles. That can be moving your wrists in circles that can be just moving your neck in circles it doesn't have to be doing yoga under your desk right that there are things that we can do to really use our bodies during the work day if you can get a standing uh desk or a standing um uh, a leveler for your computer i'd always recommend something ergonomic it's really helpful for um blood flow and for your breathing um, while you're at work. Um, if you're in a position where you're on your feet all the time, finding points or spots to be able to sit down. Um, so if you're in healthcare, right, and you're on your feet for eight hours at a time during a surgery, you've, you have to sit down at some point, right? So kind of finding those things that, that give you, um, in a way, kind of the opposite experience that you have kind of at your work desk. Um, Developing relationships, if these are people who are healthy for you, with coworkers can be really mm. helpful. Some girl, look. Mm-hmm. If these are people who are healthy for you. Because yeah, some of them might be like, don't bring that drama well, yes, over here. Yes. You need a pill or something. You also need boundaries with them. But if you can be that open energy, if there are people who you can connect with and they stay as work colleagues, that's fine. They turn into friends, fine. Um, but also setting boundaries with people who try to micromanage you, undermine you, all those kinds of things. And if it kind of crosses a, a level, also knowing that you can advocate for yourself. So that is by HR, that is EEOC. I don't know what that stands for. Come on, for. EEOC. Uh, Isn't it Equal Employee Opportunity Center? There you go. Come on, Jesus. Something like that, right? <laughs> uh, but knowing different you know, ways all to, the to advocate. <laughs> all the things. Let me tell you something. My, if my daddy didn't never teach me nothing, he said, read that handbook. Read that handbook. Okay, and understand yeah. who goes where. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes your routines start when you start your day. So if you can come to, to work and drink your tea or your coffee, like setting this, so the first 15 minutes of my workday when I sit down, I do these things that can be really, really helpful mm-hmm. as well um, to kind of set those intentions. And Dr. Abrams, I wanted to ask a question about uh, mental health day requests because I have someone who works underneath me and she expressed to me her concerns about asking for a day off mm-hmm. every now and then because she's burnt out. And she told me straight up, like, I just feel concerned about yeah what my job is when I get back or the fact that I have all this stuff to do because no one's going to be able to do it but me. So like, how do you suggest people one confront their managers about needing a mental health day? And two, like, what would you say to employees to encourage them to ask for what they need? Um, and I, I appreciate that she felt safe enough with you um, to ask for that. And ideally, that would be where we are, where I can say there was a really great article that came out on that, I think, earlier this year or last year um, about here's what happened when I asked for a mental health day. Um, so some people don't call it a mental health day. They will call in sick. They will say, I'm not feeling well. Um, and that can mean the same thing. Uh, but we're still working on the work culture, being able to accept and honor that people need a day. And it's not because they are incompetent. It's not because they're avoidant. Um, it's because we're doing so much um, that and we get our body kind of needs to kind of hit the brakes. Uh, but even with that, she'd already said that she's burnt out. So there's something to do before she gets burnt out that maybe she might not need that day as regularly or consistently and sometimes you need a day even if you're not burnt out you just need a day Mm -hmm. and that is actually really really healthy as a means to reset to replenish Um, so being able to advocate advocate for yourself by saying hey is there a time in which I can take off a day whether she says it's a mental day mental health day or not um, just to kind of gauge what your employer 
how the employee might respond. And she doesn't have to call it a mental health day if she doesn't want to. Um, and ideally, again, an employer can hear that and not use it against mm-hmm. um, the employee. But unfortunately, we are working in a system where you don't know how people are going to mm-hmm. respond. So no matter what, it's a risk. It really, really is a risk. And I've seen companies be really gracious um, and really um, appropriate when people say that, hey, this is something that's going on and I just need the culture day definitely or a half shifting day. Yeah, it's shifting. People. Yeah. Yeah. I- um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead. I was going to say, and I've also seen um, some cultures that really don't take that in um, and they're only focused on revenue or they're worried that if you do this, that you're not going to come back the next day. Um, and their kind of ego and anxiety can get in the way um, of allowing people to take care of themselves. But when if you allow people to do that, they're actually more likely to be productive. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say this. I And I'm speaking from a manager standpoint. I think sometimes as managers, me, I feel like sometimes, me personally, I... I'm so overly concerned about like, you know, my employees having weekends and their well-being that I take on everybody else's job. Ah. <laughs> so then I get burned out. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm trying to figure out how do you establish that boundary? Because then you're not your full self for everyone that's working with you. Yeah. And I think that that's hard depending on how empathic you are to mm-hmm. things. Um, whether it's em- empathy, it does not mean calling you controlling, but whether it's controlling <laughs> yeah. for other people, um, that's a, sometimes a function, oftentimes a function of anxiety um, is just kind of wanting to make sure that everything still gets done the same way. Um, and again, we're looking at done versus perfect. Ooh, right, yeah. and, oh, you know, yeah. and this That's is why we have a podcast because <laughs> we were like it's got to be done yeah uh, but, but it don't have to it be perfect, have to be perfect mm-hmm. right and it might not have to be at three o'clock on friday but really kind of assessing is this something that can wait and how do i manage my anxiety um around that versus things that are harder deadlines and there are things that do have deadlines to them that we don't have as much control over or healthcare, right where this is somebody's life right that we're navigating if i have a crisis client right i can't always say like okay, well, I need to be doing this and I can't respond to you right now. Uh, But really being able to create some kind of priority and balance around that. Um, And I know often, I think the buzzword is like work-life balance. And so I think we've internalized that. I just, I don't know. I want people to get away from that. I want people, really? I I don't know if it's a real thing. I think it's just a matter of being present in each (laughs) space. I could go with a mix of presence in each thing, but I also think it's about priorities. So I think we hear, so there's that. When we hear okay. balance, we're trying to do things 50-50 and everything gets 25% in some way or the four things I got versus knowing that if I'm putting this as a priority, something else can't be a priority and that's okay. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, you might have to drop the ball in a couple of places. And I mean, that's, that's, I mean we're always hard, sacrificing something. Yeah. Like when you're being yep. the best employee, you felt like you weren't being the best, best mom. mom. No, yeah. Right. So it's always going to be a sacrifice. That ebb and flow, being able to accept that, which is not always balanced. So I think work-life balance and the way in which companies have really taken that on has actually hit the wall and done the opposite for a lot of people because we're trying to do everything evenly and everything equally. And you you can't. There's no way. Mm -hmm. There's no way, which is why it can be more about just priorities. And if I know that this is a priority at this point, then this can't, but I'm not any less because that didn't happen. And that's going to have its turn. Right. But being able to kind of move through that flow, I think is more important than balancing everything out evenly. 
All right. So to wrap everything up, um, where can people find this assistance outside of the workplace to help them and also kind of give us where they can find you as well? Absolutely. Um, so one, I think uh, people have EAP benefits as part of a lot of their companies and they don't know what that is. Um, and EAP benefits will oftentimes give you between four and six free sessions. So look at your benefits, talk to HR about what your access is to that. Um, great ways to find therapists and kind of resources outside. Psychology Today, um, Therapy for Black Girls, Therapy for Black Men is also a resource. Ooh, it's a great website. Turn up. Um, uh, ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C is another way to find um, uh, resources outside that have insurance, location, all those things that you need um, to narrow down. Also, ask your friends who they're seeing because people are seeing therapists mm-hmm. and we need to talk Big to our friends our friends about it to reach me um so my practice is located in atlanta georgia it's called ascension behavioral health um i'm also on the instagrams at dr underscore ayana underscore a um as well as at not so strong um no spaces or underscores um within that and my website is www.drabramsabh.com for all that energy, all that information, so many gems. I hope all of you all are writing these things down. And if you're not, please go back and listen to it again. I think the biggest thing for me is talking about FMLA, talking about how to use it effectively, especially who to get so that you can get FMLA. Also talking about techniques like the 54321. I've never done that before. So I'm definitely going to put that in my little toolbox of things that I need to do. So thank you again, Dr. Abrams. We are so grateful. Very appreciative. Thank you for having me. All right. So many gems. Thank you for coming. If you're loving what you're hearing so far, please drop us a rating and review on iTunes and show us some love on our Instagram at XOHappyHour. We have been reading all the reviews. I mean, you guys are just so great and it's it's been wonderful just getting the feedback so that we can make this episode better and better. Got something more you want to share with us? Use the hashtag XOHappyHour on social media or visit our website XOHappyHour.com to leave us a voice message. We really want to hear what you guys are thinking and if you have any more questions you want to ask us. Thanks for listening and as always, check out XOHappyHour.com for all other updates. Thanks.